Hello everyone and welcome to Anyway That's All I Got, the show where we talk about movies and trick you into thinking we know what we're doing. Uh, by now you may have noticed that I am not Sam Noland. Uh, well, that's because I'm Anthony Battaglia and I'm taking over the main hosting duties for today because I'm obsessed with this topic that we are doing. <laughs> but don't worry, the, the, those other two guys... They're yeah, still no, here. We're, we're still here. Reveal Sam's, yourself. Sam's still here. Reveal yourself. You, go ahead. Me? Uh, yeah. I, oh, this is the first time I've been first. This I know, is right? excited. Um, I, this is exciting. Uh, I'm Jason. You know me as usually the second person who speaks, <laughs> or the third person who speaks, but we're going to switch it up today. Right. Now, you there. You go. Hey, I'm I'm Sam. I'm the normal host. Uh, I'm... I'm uh, I'm getting old, so it's time that I pass the torch. I'm kidding. This much is just... much like Die Hard Five. <laughs> yeah, much. Oh goodness. Yeah. yeah. All right. That, well, on that note, <laughs> on that note, we are discussing the Die Hard franchise. And why are we doing that, Anthony? Because so skyscraper. Yep. <laughs> this movie claiming to be original. <laughs> I have not seen it because I do not want to give it He's money. He's missing a leg. Was John McClane missing a leg? Exactly. Original. They're so different. Original. Original. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite jokes ever is, ever since Die Hard came out, there's been Die Hard on a bus, Speed. Yep. Die Hard on a boat, Steven Seagal movie. Under Siege. Under Siege. Okay. Yep. Uh, Die Hard on a plane, two of them. Wesley Snipes did one, don't know what it's called, and then there's Air Force One with Harrison Ford. And there's also Non-Stop. 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 Oh, I thought that that's movie. what you were going to say. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. Thank you. That movie sucks. Uh, Die Hard in yep. the White House. White House down, Olympus has fallen. Yep. Both terrible. Same Shameless movie. rip-off. Oh, yes. My goodness. Uh, Die Hard in a Mall, Paul Blart. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a... Stretch. <laughs> no, no, that. Watch that movie. It, it is it. literally Die Hard. It's been wow. so He's, long. They all have it. nicknames. They all they talk through the radio. It's it's insane. They do all they, have cool little BMX bikes. Do they just get, like Die Hard. Do they get the FBI? The FBI shows up. Uh, yeah, Bobby. Bonnie, Bobby Bobby <laughs> He's talking to his his pal, his cop pal on the radio. Terrible movie. Yeah, We're great. talking about the real diehards today. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. Little, 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 uh, little backstory. Sure. The first diehard. Mm-hmm. It was. It's uh, based on a book called "Nothing Lasts Forever" by Roderick Thorpe, which itself is a sequel. It to is. Yes, it the is a detective. sequel to a book called "The Detective," also Thorpe, mm-hmm. and the detective was made into a 1968 movie starring Frank Sinatra. Yep. So wow. legally. They were obligated to offer him the role of the, in this movie, but <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I did. Yeah, so he, but wow. he was he was he pretty old by 1988, so he turned it down. Yep. And uh, thank God, because <laughs> as much as I love Sinatra, we, we got John McClane. That's right. They reworked the script to be a standalone, separate thing, and uh, they brought in John McTiernan, who is who directed uh, Predator mm-hmm. not too long before. Uh, the director of one of my twenty or two thousand two oh, yeah. classic uh, Rollerball. Rollerball. Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> they made a movie that would change action movies forever. More and, than almost any other yeah. action movie. Yeah. You watch the first Die Hard. You watch so many action movies that come out now mm-hmm. like just right down to the littlest detail like the little setups and payoffs mm-hmm. that happen all the time that's Die Hard is sort of the best example yeah. of that well because you have a lot of characters now that try to do the sarcastic quips yeah. and then shoot all the bad guys it just that's just John McClane uh-huh. yeah we'll and go it, down to the coast get together yeah. have a few laughs and it really doesn't work with anyone else no Bruce Willis 
is John McClane, mm-hmm. and this movie launched his career. He almost couldn't do this movie. It was um, they offered this movie to um, I don't know how accurate this list is, but Mel Gibson, Richard Gere, Al Pacino, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. at least oh God, all of them, <laughs> at least, and I'm sure there was more, but they all turned it down. And it Imagine got, Stallone in this. Hey, we'll yeah. go down to the coast. <laughs> We're gonna yippee <laughs> So, and this launches Bruce Willis into his career. And the only reason he could do is because he was on this show called Moonlighting, mm. and he wasn't gonna be able to do this. But his co-star Sybil Shepherd got pregnant, so they shut down the show for a bit. They had like four yes, months to you. to make this movie, and they did it. And also, Alan Rickman. Hell his yeah. first movie, yeah, ever was like a Broadway star before. Yeah, he was. He was. He did theater, and he was in. He did some television over in uh, not America. Yeah, in England. Yeah, America. he he did. I think he was also on some German show. That don't quote me on that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm quoting Anthony right now. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's get into this franchise here. Absolutely. Who wants to start? Oh goodness, uh, Jason, you have let's just. Talked a lot about this particular series. Like it's not something that so, we, that we've brought up with you a lot. You guys, you think this is a perfect action movie, both of you. More and or less. You, I know you guys <laughs> love this movie. I love. We're talking about Die Hard One, by yes, the way. Uh, first starting movie. off. We order. are going in order. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jason. Um, <laughs> uh, I I really enjoy Die Hard. I don't love it as much as everyone else does, but. Okay. Why do you why do you think that is? What do you, why, what do you think I, you're not? I, I always with? I always think about that. I was actually thinking about that today. Um, I couldn't tell you. I think was it just like? Do you think it was like the age you saw it or something? Maybe. Yeah, it, I mean, so I rewatched all of them recently, except for the first one because. Oh, well, there you go. To be honest, I thought we weren't going to talk about it a lot on here because, yeah. like, it's it's <laughs> Die Hard. You know, everyone. Of course. We always. Yeah. I'm sure we've talked about Die Hard like. More than well, I know I have ten times on this podcast, but yeah, I haven't seen it since I was younger. I, I, I guess the last time I watched this was before the fifth one came out. I had a really? little marathon. Yeah, wow, yeah. that must have been like five or six years ago. Yeah, when uh, was it? I think what was it? Two thousand twelve, thirteen, thirteen. Yeah. So I also Die Hard One is the only movie I didn't rewatch for this podcast because, <laughs> but for different reasons. Because I've seen it literally, I think I've seen it thirty-two times, <laughs> like for real. Thirty-two to the not not yeah, exaggerating to the, to the exact number. To I've, the decimal. Yeah, I am in the thirties for sure. I worship this movie. I, I think I'm okay with people who don't worship it. I think I, I don't I don't ever think anyone's like, well, I think Lethal Weapons are better, the best action. Okay, sure. But I think this movie will forever be, I don't know, the definitive action movie yeah. that defines Hollywood action movie. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do you think of this movie, Sam? Well, it's like I said before, it's sort of the best case scenario yeah. of everything. In the sense that it, it takes, like, the pacing, it sort of takes a while to get to the action stuff. Yes, it does. And There's a lot of setup. On is one hand, lot? is there actually a lot? Of setup? Yeah, well, like, so there's so a decent amount. Really. You, I mean, it starts with the plane fist with your toes. Yeah, I remember. And I, then he, and then he's in that. the car with Argyle, Argyle, and then there's the bear, and then there's the Christmas rap song, <laughs> and then there's the drama with the Christmas rap. Song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember all of that except for the Christmas oh, rap yeah. song. Yeah, and then there's the drama with um, Ellis and Holly, and Takagi's mm-hmm. there, and then they argue, and then. He's alone in his room, 
half a shirt, no shoes, and then it, and then the action. Out starts. of the blue, in comes Hans and Co. Mm-hmm. And they just start, you know, start it, yeah. wrecking stuff. There's a lot of setup in this movie, and then it doesn't stop. It's, the action does not stop. On one hand, it's certainly a product of the 80s. Oh, yes. Like, it's an 80s movie. There's no other decade this could have come out in. Thank God. From the aesthetic right down to sort of the attitudes it says. Mm-hmm. I've seen this four times now, and I did rewatch it. I'm like, why not? I'm happy to watch an <laughs> awesome movie. And by the way, for whatever it's worth, all these franchises we've talked about... Uh, this is actually the first movie I would give five stars to. Out of, of all, all the, the ones we've talked about, yeah. Yeah, Everything I can else see that. is a four and a half or lower. So yeah. for whatever that's worth... It I just... think the only other franchise I gave the first one was Star Wars for, for five stars. Yeah. And then, yeah, every, everything else I've been lower. This is one of my favorite franchises we've talked about. Overall? Def- yeah, yeah, definitely. Better than the Jurassic franchise, <laughs> even? <laughs> A little bit. A little bit. Although it follows a weird, similar arc to the Jurassic series. (laughs) It kind of does. It kind of does. (laughs) Um, What was I saying? Oh, yeah. On one hand, it's certainly a product of the 80s, but I think it's also very timeless because of John McClane. Watching all five of these, I realized just how he's really the only thing that keeps this franchise going. And well, it's the only. It's not that he's. It's because he's not a standard good right. guy. Yeah. Because well, we there have been action franchises forever, but yeah. there's never been an an action franchise as successfully interesting as this, because John McClane is just a fascinating everyman. Because of yeah. his Dude. like charisma and like yeah, he's like very you were saying charismatic. Earlier, if any of those people played yeah, John McClane, wouldn't have worked. It would just have been. Yeah. Rambo in a building or something. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Um, I think my favorite part about this movie is that when the action starts, if that had been Arnold Schwarzenegger, he, this is what he would... It's like, I am barefoot, I have half a shirt, and I have a handgun with seven bullets. Bring on the 12 bad guys. But you know what uh, Bruce Willis does? He runs upstairs and calls the cops. Yeah. That is something a normal human being would do. He's like, bad guys, I'm outnumbered. Yeah, I'm, I have a gun, but look at all these innocent people, and these bad guys have bigger guns. <laughs> and there's more of them. I'm going to run away and pull the fire alarm. That's right. And that that's just not something we've ever seen before in an action movie. And that's where I think, because I sort of, you, you guys know me, I sort of try to look at, I sort of try to watch movies and sort of take into account, like, the artist, the filmmaker, the time period. Just sort of try to unlock them mm-hmm. in one way or another. And what I was starting to pick up on this time around as I was rewatching this was sort of the political climate mm-hmm. of the 80s and how it sort of informed the decisions they made with John McClane and the other supporting characters. Reagan was sort of a big part of the of 80s cinema, how his uh, heavily conservative... Reaganomics mm-hmm. found their way into a lot of very satirical uh, stuff in the 80s. You think of someone like John Carpenter or uh, uh, Paul Verhoeven, who did like Robocop and stuff, or John McClane, who Predator is actually a very satirical movie, mm-hmm. but it also works perfectly as just a fun action movie. Yes. This is also sort of touching on those same things about how Reagan was a big fan of sort of like the big patriotic american white dudes yeah yeah who were you know like you look at some scenes in this movie they're saying like oh the fbi is here Mm -hmm. they're gonna save the day and they just constantly make fun of the fbi there's no (laughs) way that 
you know, just this Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, there's no way that this cop from New York uh, will be able to do anything, Mm -hmm. right? And so, and that's why I find the relationship between John and Al Powell really effective. It's not just that they're both cops, it's that they're both middle class. Mm -hmm. They both know what it's like to be sort of overlooked and brushed to the side. I mean, even Hans calls John a cowboy, condescending to him, saying, like, you're just a a silly American who thinks you're going to save the day. I don't need to worry about you. Uh, yeah, you do, Hans. I mean, yeah, like, like there are several times throughout the movie where they go, hey, what should we do about this guy? And Hans is like, ah, if he screws us up, we'll deal with him then. But then, and then they wait too long to deal with him. As, and then he wins. As the, movie goes on, as the movie goes on, just seeing Alan Rickman get more and more frustrated <laughs> yeah. is the funniest thing yeah. ever. You just, just one well, expression yeah. is like, oh, for God's sake, what do I do? This like, freaking guy him, is Carl. ruining everything. I, yeah, I think what you're saying about um, how the the political climate, I think that certainly did affect the attitudes of the writing. Because I, I I heard an interview with John McTiernan, they were going to do terrorists, yeah, as the bad guys, mm-hmm. but he wanted to change it to robbers, yep. because there's no fun in terrorists. We we, we already have yeah. preconceived feelings towards that kind of thing. Yes, like like they they have their goal, they want to send a message and punish some people in America. Yeah. But robbers, they just want money. You can robbers are interesting. You can get into their reasons, you can get into their backstory, yeah, you can get into their cool things. Terrorists just like an easy Yeah, it's write-off. it's really like, really easy. And, and not that there's not a market for that kind of movie. But yeah, it just doesn't fit here. It would not know? work with this movie. Because this movie makes fun of so many of those standard... Peter like, Berg oh, so Yeah, there you go. Good guy meets bad guy. Bad guy has motivations. Good guy topples bad guy's motivations with American spirit. Uh-huh. Whereas this, we have... How are you saying? Kind of the Reagan conservative stuff... Alan Rickman and crew Hans, they're they're the they're like this leftist kind of they're they're faking as this leftist yeah. um, Asian Don and I, my revolutionary brothers and sisters set them free. They're just they're they're BSing the cops to distract them. They just want money. And you that's read literally about it, it. In Time magazine. You read about it in Time magazine. That is the <laughs> smartest, most excellent character development in this entire movie. Oh goodness! And I love that scene so much. Like Carl's confused, like Asian Don. <laughs> yeah brilliant levels and then you have this ellis guy who comes in smooth talking moron (laughs) this corporate guy who in any other movie would be like oh he'll get us out of this but you know he's just he's just he's gonna get himself killed he's one of those people who in the 80s were heavily sort of deified Mm -hmm. the this wolf of wall street successful what's the word i'm looking for uh broker yeah that reminds me of the earlier when they're like well, who jumped on my car? Probably some stockbroker who got depressed. Yeah. Dwayne T. Robinson. <laughs> that you, moron. You need a breath, man. Yeah. Just so many, so many amazing lines throughout this movie. Yeah. And that's that's what I always I make I want to make sure to focus on. This movie is a goddamn blast. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so like, fun and funny and Oh, it's ridiculous. We can quote like 30 lines off Mm -hmm. the top of our head. Easily. Um, Fist with your toes, machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Who's driving this car? Stevie Wonder? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, there's so... And of course, the greatest action one-liner in the history of action one-liners. Yippee-ki-yay, Yeah. It's... It is so... It's that that line. You... It's not Die Hard without that line. And it's... 
It's you know for the, better or worse. The Roy Roy Rogers talk is it's so brilliant how that line has shaped this franchise. It just it doesn't feel right yeah. without that. You're waiting in all of the movies. You're waiting for that line to show up, and you don't even get it in all of them. Yeah, yeah, not <laughs> yeah. fully. No. Oh goodness. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, last thing I'll say. And unless Jason, you have anything to say. Um, I, I, I just think it's, it's. I just think it's fun watching you guys get for super excited. You think about so? This. Yeah, we don't. We don't. I, it's nerd very out a fun. Lot. It's very fun to I, watch. I this. realized listening back to last week's episode, the Taylor Sheridan one, we were sort mm-hmm. of geeking out. We a were. Little bit. We mm-hmm. certainly were. And like th- yeah. it's not what I would expect from this. Heavily, you guys were geeking out on the writing. Heavily, writing. yeah, it was great. Well, that's yeah. my that's my <laughs> yeah. favorite yeah. thing yeah. in movies. Heavily intense modern storytelling. We're like, oh yeah, and then when the billboard drives by and wearing the Crocs and everything, it's fantastic. But yeah, the last thing I'll say, I think one of the other, perhaps the most fascinating, really subversive thing about this first movie is the villain, mm-hmm. or villains, I should say. Uh, the group of terrorists, they're not this, you know, menacing, we know how to do everything perfectly. Like, they're just little... Big little, jacked. They're not big jacked. Exactly. Little just details here and there. humans. Like when the dude reaches down and grabs the crunch bars, like, I'm hungry, I want a yeah, snack. Yeah, exactly. Like, just little tiny downtime moments. Little, you know? little details. And I dare you. To watch the scene where the vault opens, yeah, and not feel sort of happy for it. It's like, yeah, get it. I mean, you because that's the thing. If um, it's a good thing they're robbers, because you never want to feel happy for terrorists. And not only that, but you sort of are rooting against the FBI guys in a way. Yeah, because they're, they're morons. They're well, dicks. Yeah, they're, they're morons. Dwayne is a moron, and Dwayne. Yeah. Oh, geez, we're gonna need some more FBI guys. And then it's. I think that scene with I think Hans shows so much depth in that scene where. He kind of gets caught off guard by yeah. John on the roof. Uh-huh. And he had, oh, God, please, no. <laughs> and he does that kind of bad Bill Clay, California accent. No other villain in movies do that. There, there have been villains brought down by the good guy who beg for forgiveness and please don't kill me in movies. But that's always at the very end. Hans is faking it here. He's he's just smart. He's he's playing around here. He's he's just screwing. He's not gonna slowly clap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's well, no as soon as they enter well, the room. Well, <laughs> Mr. McClane. Yeah, but you know somehow John McClane figures it out and he gives him a unloaded gun. Oops. And then and then you have and then you have shoot the gloss. And then you have one of I think maybe the best scene in the movie in the bathroom when he's picking. The glass out of his mm-hmm. foot. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I you love, think that's one of the best ones? I think it is huh. because I think it brings so much depth to John McClane's character. I think a lot of action movies kind of have those downtime, forced, reconsider your life moments, but I think it feels more genuine here because he's he talks about his faults. It's not just. A lot of action movies end with, oh, troubled marriage, troubled fatherhood, but I saved you, so now we're better. No, he he actually wants to change, and he talks, like, he has that great line, uh, she's heard me say I love you a thousand times, but she never heard me say I'm sorry, and he knows that he might not make it out of this, and he's just doing it because he's, to to quote Die Hard 4, he's that guy. Sure. He's going to do what's right, and I think that scene really shows the depth and then of course we have that really great owl moment i shot a kid yeah which it, there's so many conversational moments in this movie that yeah. just they it flows so naturally and it feels so real and yeah, yeah. that yeah. scene to me really is beautiful and it's you know like 
the only time you see John McClane vulnerable, like a lot of times in action movies, the, the only time there's vulnerability showed is, oh no, he shot me, so now I'm, I'm slightly weaker. Yeah. No, he has been getting his ass kicked this entire movie, and now he's... He gets his ass kicked in every... Yeah, and now he's getting... <laughs> it's fantastic. Now he's man. getting messed up in the head, and he's he's psyching himself out. And because he, more of a jerk. He's emotional, <laughs> and then he gets his ass kicked even more with Carl. Man, he gets messed up in this movie. <laughs> and then he freaking hangs Carl by, by a chain. By his neck. And everyone's walking by like... What? Yeah. What? Yeah. If you can't tell, I love this movie. Yes, yes. It's it's like one of your top five favorites. It is. It is. And it is my fourth favorite movie of all time. I am a diehard fanboy. Oh, that's hilarious. Which leads me into <laughs> Die Hard 2 and why I don't mind it as much. It's an, it's ba- another movie based off a book. It's about it's called I think the book it was called Fifty Eight Minutes. Yes. I think it's um, totally different book by the way. Complete, different yeah, completely different. Just n- no relation. And um, it's you know terrorists take over a plane or an airport or something. Yeah, and this time it is terrorists. This movie we have. It's directed by Rennie Harlan. Didn't bring back McTiernan for whatever reason. Yeah, Rennie Harlan, the acclaimed director of such classics as The Legend of Hercules. Yeah, Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. And, as I met you, I was like Die Hard on a Blank earlier. He did Die Hard on a Mountain with Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Cliffhanger. And is it terrible? It is. Is it really? It's oh, it's I, literally Die Hard on a Mountain, and it is so bad. It is the definition of bad. It come out before or yeah, after Die Hard. I don't know when it. It feels like an '80s movie. I think it was like '86, oh, maybe 100 percent '80s. If movie. I don't know, I'm guessing, but yeah, oh, was it terrible? Yeah. But here's my thing with Die Hard Two. Die Harder. '93. Was it? Not, oh, so it was after, because Die Hard Two came out in 1990. Disrespect. Went back to roots. Yeah. <laughs> so Die Hard Two. He's John McClane. He's, you know, him and Holly, they're all better. And uh, he's trying to get home for Christmas. But uh, he gets caught in the middle of it again. It's the most wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> William Sadler plays the much less awesome bad guy. In this fantastic Who, opening yeah, scene. Yeah, that's what I was yes, going to say. Like Martin naked, Sheen, Apocalypse Now type. Naked, naked doing taekwondo. Arts, yoga, crazy stuff. Awesome opening to Robert him. Patrick shows up for a second. Yeah, he, for like yeah he and then he gets blown away. And <laughs> so here's here's my little defense of this movie. Go ahead. It sucks, but <laughs> but it is so much fun. To it me. is no, I I agree with like you. Like he he it's... you know the yippee kaye part is great. I like, uh, I think his name is, John Amos is in it. I like his, he's funny. That's right. And I think John Amos has a a line, maybe it's it's the defining line of John McClane in all of the movies. Wrong guy at the wrong place at the wrong time. Repeatedly. That is the perfect explanation <laughs> and character explanation for John McClane. That's right. And that came from this movie, a not great movie. But it is fun. <laughs> There's like yeah, snowmobiles no, and... A lot of fun action scenes. Yeah, like what the, uh, What do you the, guys uh, think of this movie? I, I'm kind of same with you. I, I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, bad guys really lame yeah um their plan is like it's kind of interesting but like it's not the most ex- actually no it is pretty exciting mm-hmm. during the whole like lights off yeah yeah that's pretty awesome it's it's a it's a cool it feels like an mm-hmm. action sequence mm-hmm. you know um it's got you know the awesome like luggage room 
fight scene. I thought that was or straight awesome. out of Toy Story two. <laughs> See that that I felt was a bit much because no, I loved, it's like if I, I felt it. like unlike Die Hard one, they really jump right into the action here, and that that little jump. Yeah, no, it was movie. it was yeah. a little like, it was it was rushed. Too it quick. felt unnecessary. Yeah. And then he's with the reporter in the elevator. Mm. It didn't feel right to me. And then I love the uh, my my favorite part of this whole movie is the. Uh, <laughs> Ejector seats. Oh yeah, I love because that. there's the it's, grenades that take forever to explode. Mm-hmm. There's just there's like five of them in there. Like oh, we got them. <laughs> no, you didn't. So, oh, I love that scene. All this stuff out outside, I think, is really mm-hmm. awesome. Even like and y- you know what? To get out of that little. Both thing set the- during Christmas. The other one's Christmas in California. Mm-hmm. No snow on the ground. Now we actually have snow, which is kind of interesting. So there's no reason to get him in a tank top this time. There you go. And That's it's, the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> and Al's in it for five seconds. He faxes him a thing, and then that's it. <laughs> he's there to fax him a thing. Yeah, and he's eating a Twinkie at his desk. And his, oh, Callback, man. Come on. That's give right. Al something to do. Yeah. Sam, what do you think of this movie? I'm sorry, guys. I don't like this movie. <laughs> I, I, I not, agree. Not even, I in a, not even in a way that I enjoy it. In fact, as I think about it, it's sort of evaporating out of my head rapidly. You know what? Me too. Um, this is what I will say, though. I think it, it's... A lot of the action is very exciting. Yeah. Um, it's popcorn movie at its full extent. Right. Like, yeah. all the action scenes are really memorable. The one with um, Robert Patrick at the moving airport sidewalk, that's fun. Mm-hmm. The off-the-wall stuff with the airplane at the end. That's mm-hmm. all fun. Yeah, where he, the, the fire travels. I think Mythbusters tested that. I, I don't think it works. <laughs> it is so ludicrous, but yeah. it fits a certain mold of action sequel that I think is very interesting, which is we've had, a, we've had one movie, and it was successful critically, financially, whatever it is. We're going to do another one. Obviously, the budget's bigger this time. Maybe you have a bigger cast. And a lot of the times, these movies I'm describing have a very different style. And there are times when it's worked, and there are times that it's not. Uh, one that I like to bring up is Terminator 2. Very different style from Terminator 1. Certainly. Clearly a bigger budget. Yes. It's a lot shinier. It's a lot more polished. It's a little less roguish. And that's a good example of that. And then you have movies like Mission Impossible 2. Ugh. Which is sort of the same thing. The first one, but with doves. It's yeah. With doves, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very stylistically different. It's mm-hmm. shinier, has a bigger budget, way more action, bigger cast, and everything. More slow motion hair. And I, <laughs> and I do feel like this sort of fits into that <clears throat> same mold, where it is diehard, except somewhat bigger. Like, it doesn't just take place in one building. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the front, it goes... Building to airport to city to state to yeah, country. I guess the stakes are higher in this one, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Feel no, it doesn't bigger. feel like it. And that's where my problem yeah. is. Is frankly uh, the director. I agree. I don't think Rennie Harlan does not strike me as someone who does anything t- very thoughtful. No. And when I watch this movie, it's that exact scene you guys were talking about the luggage mm-hmm. conveyor belt thingy i'm watching it i'm seeing these people who i've caught glimpses of start firing guns i'm like wait a, why do i care exactly what is happening here yeah. i don't know who they are there's I no carl know. in this movie there's no carl sure yeah. that's that's a good way to put it there's nothing like they're not terribly memorable or charismatic mm-hmm. the acting is 
okay. I mean, like, like Bruce Willis is fun. And it's that's not kind of distractingly it. bad, but mm-hmm. then like William Atherton is back for pretty much no reason. Like yeah. I think maybe they were trying to go for something there, some sort of comment on journalism, but it never comes across. Yeah, I think I I don't know. I honestly everything with him in the plane with Holly. Is I think that's purely comedic relief because the the stewardess they're like, would you of, like some champagne? I like I think it's funny. It's that's funny, but there's like but a it lot doesn't. Of it definitely is definitely time with it. yeah. There's like, like a lot of it. Yeah, and I think the and issue with that I don't understand that, what's happening there. Like, wait, the, are they the going to crash? The, yeah, because, I guess and they're, it's they're, supposed to give you like two people because that they, you they care can't, about on yeah, the plane. recognizable characters. They can't land because the lights are off or something, and. So I think the problem with that scene is we were worried for Holly in Die Hard 1. Like, we were scared that they that she was in danger and she was in significant danger. Right. It's a she brilliant, a, suspenseful thing yeah. when they find out that she's married to John. Yeah, and it's so intense. And in this one, she's just kind of sitting in a chair in the sky. To, with William Atherton. Yeah, and it's Ex- just... Excuse me, I have a restraining order. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> or something. I don't... I never That's felt exactly. she was in... Like, yeah, yes, the, Your Honor. The plane could this fall. This man has no dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's never not played a, a jerk. He's a very smarmy guy, and, yeah. he, and he's good at being smart. Yeah. So I'll give him that. But and, I think overall, yeah. at the end of this movie, I'm like... It, I just find it sort of cold and alienating in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't mind it, but again... It's evaporating. I don't really care for it. I appreciate that you guys like just sort of enjoy it's, it. Yeah, it's it's dumb fun. Like, I think I yeah. I think most people who don't care for the Die Hard franchise as a whole will absolutely hate this movie and just think <laughs> it's just Hollywood cash grab, which I think there is merit to. But I just you know I'm a Die Hard fan, so I enjoy all the movies except for one later that we're talking sure, about. Sure, but. Let's talk about the oh next one, one that we all happen to like quite a bit. I, I'm i just going to say, I think it's my favorite one. I need to rewatch yeah. the first one, but like... You know what? I, I watched this two times in a week. <laughs> I love it, man. I watched it today. I watched it a second time today. It's pretty amazing. Now we're talking, of course, about Die Hard with a Vengeance. With a Vengeance. Came out in 1995. Mm. John McTiernan is back. Thank God. Which did wonders for this movie. There is so much more depth in this movie. So this, I think, has probably the most interesting backstory uh, from script to screen development. Interesting. It was originally a spec script. It's completely different. It was called Simon Says, Mm -hmm. which they did end up keeping in the movie. Two guys running around in the city trying to solve puzzles before bombs go exploding. Yep. I think Fox bought the script, and then they were going to rewrite it as a Lethal Weapon sequel. The fourth one. Yeah, I guess it would have been the fourth one. Uh So then they're like, ah, we don't want to do that. So then then John McTiernan saw the script and said, you know what, I think this could work as a diehard story. Yeah. And I want to interject real, real fast. So there's sort of there's sort of a big reveal, mm-hmm. um, like halfway through this movie. Do you think we should give it away? Because I think it is really dramatic. Sure, let's not give it away. Okay, uh, we'll dodge around it. But it is a much and the 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 reveal happens with the villain, who is a much better villain than two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who even was the villain in two? I honestly uh, William Sadler, I don't naked, know his name. Naked martial arts. Naked guy. William yeah. Sadler. I mean what was what was his deal? You know what? I watched the movie not too long ago. I can't remember what his <laughs> plot was. Exactly. <laughs> I know they hold up in a church and Yeah, they're trying oh, to make like an about antenna or something with the church. Yeah. Or yeah. Like I totally don't even know something. what their goal was. Yeah, yeah. But their goal for this movie, the bad guys, someone has it in for John McClane. That's right. He's really using this as a distraction so he can rob 
the Federal Reserve. Yes. Somehow, <laughs> through some crazy circumstances, Samuel Jackson gets yeah. paired it with him in, I think, what is one of the greatest um, openings in action movies ever. I mean... Where he walks around, there, he walks out, yeah. out of the truck with the sign that says, I hate uh, bad word. Yep. And... You you feel the tension, yeah. and it is like, oh no, this is bad. Yeah, and this is gonna end so badly. E- even before that, something I love about the way this movie opens: the title comes up, Die mm-hmm. Hard with a Vengeance, it's so just it's just panning just across the city, and then store explodes. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's, no, and it's you, an like, you amazing have, like, explosion. The love and spoonful singing, Hot Town, Santa City, oh, back of my neck, getting dirty, boom, and it's. And, you know, we haven't talked about um, the effects in these movies yet. Mostly practical. Yep. Yeah. And a lot those, of the, the explosion the, in this. The explosion. Insane. It looks the, so um, good. The first one, insane. It looks it's so from, like, good. from, like, a... a Far yeah. angle, and you don't. And and you can see every, like people in front yeah. of the explosion, just like. And you're not expecting it because insane. you are far away, and usually you, you, the camera zooms in on the building because you know something's going to explode in this to building, like a ticking clock. Yeah, exactly. But no, it just boom. Yep. And then we we find out that the bad guy who did that wants John McClane. Yes. Whose name is Simon, and that's where the title. Yes. Comes from. Exactly. Simon says we're finally in New York. Yeah, John McClane's home turf. Mm-hmm. He's on suspension because Holly dumped him or something, and, and he's, he's a total the, bum. The he's a bum. He's this, drinking. He's just, he's just really hungover. Yeah, he's, he's he has a headache the whole fantastic. movie. Oh, he keeps bringing God. it up yeah. again and again. Yeah. He's like, I have a really bad headache. Do you have any? Got aspirin? some aspirin. And it's mm. it's it's really like this is the last movie where I totally buy that this is John McClane. Mm-hmm. He is so John McClane in I this think movie. This, oh god, this movie's so funny. Yeah, he. Oh, it's hilarious. I, I really the back and forth. Didn't know how funny. I mean, everyone knows that Samuel Jackson hilarious, mm-hmm. but I never knew that Bruce Willis was really that funny. <laughs> no, yeah, um, he has really great really delivery. Watched this, yeah, it is hilarious. They're yeah. they're back and forth when they're when they're driving through uh, the park, which is oh, an incredible god. scene. Some of the best stunt work I've ever seen in that. Oh yeah. Like, some most movies I I can't tell like how they or some some movies I can't tell how they did certain stunts like Mad Max I can't tell how they did some of the stunts mm-hmm. in this movie it's yeah. insane um, but uh, John McClane's like I know what I'm doing and then Sam Jackson's like even God not even not God, even God knows what you're what doing, doing. <laughs> it's, it's it's hilarious see in that it's scene so my favorite part is uh, Samuel he goes you trying to, to hit, hit these people, people? he's like no I'm not oh maybe that mine maybe that mine. <laughs> <laughs> Like the 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 humor in these movies is without question the best part, and what makes it like it it makes these characters feel real mm-hmm. because John McClane, all three all three of these first movies, he's constantly bitching about his situation. Yeah, we'll go down to the coast, have, have a few laughs, kicking in, and it's just it's it's so it feel it just it just. You know, brings their characters down to earth, and they're yeah. they're not Captain America, you know. And it lets you it lets you know, like this is tense and suspenseful and everything. You can have fun, exactly. You can make oh, yeah. you can laugh at these jokes, exactly. Um, and that's the thing I like the most about this movie. Actually, is um, actually a couple things, but mostly uh, specifically the first half, mm-hmm. where everything's mm-hmm. sort of. You know, this mysterious Simon person who you only hear his voice. You don't see him until later in the movie. All this suspenseful stuff is stuff has happened. The the tension will go from zero to like five thousand in mm-hmm. half a second with one phone call. And it's like this psychological thriller 
which is not something I would expect from a Die Hard movie. Exactly. And the thing, the the other thing I like about it, talking more about John McClane, is watching all these in a row, I'm sort of watching the journey that this guy is going mm-hmm. on. And I actually sort of disagree that this is the last movie where he feels like John McClane. I'm saying like throughout the entire movie. I think later on. Throughout the on, entire movie. Okay, yeah. sure, sure. But my point is that they never like, you could sort of watch these in any order you want, mm-hmm. really. But the events of the first movie are sort of looming over John in this movie. Yeah. In a way that's never said outright. There's one scene where he says like, oh yeah, a few years ago I stopped a couple of terrorists from mm-hmm. robbing a, a building. But you get the sense that it's sort of been nagging on his mind. Yeah. I think of like, this is, this is going to sound weird at first, but I think of like Orson Welles. Who made Citizen Kane, I have to imagine that was sort of looming over his head the entire time. Like, you'll never live up to this mm-hmm. masterpiece you've done. And I feel like, uh, don't you think John McClane would yeah. be going through sort of a similar thing? I, yeah. Like, I stopped I like a dozen German uh, thieves mm-hmm. in like the most badass way possible. And if we're including the second one, I did the most crazy stuff on the wing of, of a, a plane. plane. And now I'm just sort of a I'm just sort of a bum. Yeah, my wife still left me. Yeah. No mention of his kids in either two or three. Um, and I think he does even crazier stuff in this movie. Oh yeah, like the train <laughs> bit. The, the train. The train bit. It's is amazing. Insane. And more, more totally practical stuff. Um, oh, literally <laughs> the rips thing... off like a subway cover mm-hmm. and goes down oh, and into man. a train mm-hmm. while it's this moving. This is a bad this idea. Is, yeah, he says that in almost all the movies. Mm-hmm. This is a bad idea, and then he jumps on. It's, you know, like... There's a scene where, on paper, it shouldn't work for, like, a 90s movie where the the water oh, is yeah. coming towards them, but it's awesome. <laughs> and they pull it off, and it actually looks pretty good for yeah. the time. It's yeah, sort of it's... like in uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. All mm-hmm. that water's coming yep. at him in the mine shaft. It's mm-hmm. like that, but so much more insane. Mm-hmm. And you buy it completely. Oh, yeah. That's oh, the yeah. craziest... Crazy. I, I buy this movie all the way through. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of that comes through just John McTiernan and his direction of uh, pacing. Yeah. And I think it's really well done because there are there's more downtime than action in this movie. Way because, more. Because yeah. of what you because you, you compare it to the um, the psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. There's no action in psychological thrillers. But this is a diehard, so you gotta have action. Yeah. But usually when you kind of come to that conclusion, the action sucks. But the action is great in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like we were talking earlier, the part on the boat when the guy gets <laughs> sliced in half by the wire. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And they, they bring it up before. It's like, brutal. If you, if you jump down there, you they're cut sh- in half. They're shimmying down a wire. It's it's funny. The It is insane. The most visceral scenes, they're not even that action-y. Yeah. They're just sort of... Like uh, shocking, almost mm-hmm. shocking. Just, just sort of again thrilling. Yeah, in like a more physical way. And it's it's weird because it's. It, uh, I think a lot of movies try to overdo the action because bigger is better. Yep. But I think it's those just those little tiny things. Like in Die Hard One, the most crazy thing when I, I saw it when I was very young, way too young that. I should be allowed to see this movie. And the the part where he shoots Takagi and his brains his brains splatter on the door. I'm like, "Whoa." Yeah. That is cuz it, it just happens like that. Uh-huh. And so many like in this movie with the explosion, with the train, with the wire, so many things happen just like that. Yeah. And there's there's 
there's really brilliant pacing of action in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I do want to bring up, too, sort of what McTiernan brought to this. Yeah. Because as the story goes, he saw this uh, story, Simon says, and said, oh, I'll insert Die Hard Mm -hmm. characters. And it sort of just came together. And it did beautifully. I really, my favorite part, though, really is Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. Because it's sort of, it's sort of addressing a different... Uh, aspect of society than sort of yeah, the economic not, disparity. Not something you would ever think would show up. It's, a, it's sort of like a, it's like, like a Spike Lee movie. I was, I was honestly is, surprised yeah. rewatching. I was like, whoa, where, I missed this. There's a lot young. of heavily just straight up conversations, straightforward conversations about race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't beat around movie. the bush. Not at all. They're not preachy at all. No, they. It's it's like. Uh, it's a very 90s thing how yeah. you know the LA riots and everything mm-hmm. uh, sort of brought people on edge yeah. when, it, when it came to race relations and there's a scene early on where Samuel L. Jackson's talking to his kids and he's saying and who do we not want to help us his opening scene yeah white people yeah and not because they're all bad like I never get the sense that he's racist no that's not what was that was just sort of the attitude of yeah. this time. And I and I think that really builds to both him and McLean's character. John McLean is the reluctant hero. He's not doing this because he's a hero. He's doing this because he has to. Yeah. Because nobody else will. Yeah, they and both just get thrown into it. Samuel Jackson is the other side where he he doesn't want to help John McClane. Not he, in the least. He sees the guy outside in a sign that says, you know, this terrible thing, and he's walking through the streets, and he knows that this white cop is going to be killed unless he does something. And that's going to send a bad message. Yeah, he doesn't like John McClane. He doesn't want to <laughs> help him, but he he's doing what he has to do to keep his neighborhood safe. Mm-hmm. And you really, like, th- this is real character development and yeah, real yeah. writing here, you know? The relationship in the first one between John and Al was kindred. Mm-hmm. This one is out of necessity. Oh yeah. It's like the it's like a Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one always. They have to work together yeah. and they don't really work that well together, no. but they don't have a choice. Like they're constantly yelling at each other, "Why'd you do that?" And if I'm being totally honest, that's Yeah, majority of the car scenes just Yeah, and then yeah. He, Sam he Jackson the, yelling he, McLean. <laughs> he breaks the McClane! glass with a gold bar. Don't <laughs> Yeah. Don't don't open the bomb. You'll arm it. It's not going to arm the bomb. Opens it. The bomb I, is armed. I told you. <laughs> it's this movie is so oh, funny. So, it's oh so my great. God. It is and I, I hilarious. Think without this movie, nobody would call the Die Hard franchise a great franchise. And I think this well, not movie, that many people do to begin with, but they call it sort of a okay franchise. Yeah, a lot of movies franchises have that. Well, you have this great first one, and then they get really bad after that. Jurassic Park. Yes, exactly. Yeah. This movie has an incredible part three, and you rarely <laughs> see that after kind of a crappy part two. Yeah. If I if I do, because like I don't I don't think this is like perfect or anything. No, I do no, have, it's not. It's I do not have problems though. specifically with the second half. I agree. I feel. Yeah. I feel. Do you think it's rushed? Because I do. Rushed, maybe. I think it's more like it sort of peters out a bit. Yeah. Because you have this great uh, first half, which is like psychological thriller. Then halfway through, they sh- they start showing you what the villains. Yeah, up they kind of do the whole Gone Girl thing, but Gone Girl. You know, it, it works in that this is just I, it's it's very forced. It's like it takes or away the like, mystery. Yeah, it kind of you don't see John McClane for a good like twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, during this, which is not even that bad in and of itself. It's but just it's, jarring. It's that it's 
it's it gets really the pacing starts getting quicker and you know come to think of it maybe it is rush maybe that is the thing how it's sort of it starts getting a lot faster and faster and then yeah. when we get to the ending it all it all concluded and i just i found myself sort of dissatisfied like yeah. you think of the first die hard and i don't like to do this i don't like to criticize a sequel because it did something different than the original but i think this is there is validity to this this the part at the end of the first die hard where john and al see each other for the first time forget about al shooting oh my god yeah uh uh carl yeah not even that but yeah. just the look on their face i almost cried as they see each other <laughs> it's so beautiful they realize who they are i want them to kiss and <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh that would be awesome oh it's so beautiful and the music but that's all you need <laughs> yeah yeah. It's the perfect resolution. You can do that without dialogue. Yeah, exactly. You can do that with very little like dialogue. They, they just know it's they they know it's you, and then they go up and they start laughing and, and they, they hug. You know, John introduces Holly. This and everything. is my wife. It's so beautiful. And with this one, I didn't get that resolution. Yeah, like and I wish I had because like the resolution they give to um their their turbulent relationship is eh we've been through it huh we're pals i wanted maybe sort of like a i'm glad we work together yeah. i hope i never see you again yeah something I, like that how cool would that would have been yeah if if they had just parted ways but like, and like, never seen each other again. because it's very rushed because like it ends and then something happens and then it ends again yeah because they got to throw in the yippee ki line at it, the end even even the villain doesn't really get that satisfying yeah conclusion. like when talk you talk about when you find out who he is i wanted something a little bit more satisfying than that and i guess and i and i feel bad because these are the rest of the movie's so good mm -hmm. yeah i think the i think it's too stuffed at the end be, yeah, it, no, it's because not it's only do we have all this stuff with the new villains, we have um, John and Zeus going around. We also have every other cop in New York is at this school <laughs> with Zeus's nephews. Okay, which I felt was very. Oh, are they forced. his nephews? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. They I come thought in, they were his kids. That's no, they were his. They come in. They come into the store. They say, "Hey, uncle." So I assume they're okay. his nephews. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. About that. And then so they're in this school because the bad guys may have put a bomb in the school. And so, and there's this, it's a big subplot uh -huh. with like Graham Greene's character yeah, and yeah. all these extra cops. And then there's a, a bomb diffuser. And I don't know, it, it felt urgent. Like I felt it, okay. but it wasn't because of Zeus's nephews. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah they no, just, it, it, it wasn't. I, it I felt a little bomb diffuser guy was. Yeah, he was I, funny. I loved him. He <laughs> In is, the beginning when yeah. he like, he throws the, the little uh -huh. drop at the chair and it explodes. Mm -hmm. It that comes Slim back months. later. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's funny. That I'm I'm not even I'm actually fine with all that, yeah. weirdly. It's just sort of the way it all wraps up mm -hmm. so fast. Like even as I'm trying to recall sort of how it all comes to a head, I'm sort of having trouble doing it. It's like all these story threads are converging. Yeah. Trying to tie up the stuff. Yeah. And it, yeah. Oh, yeah go on. No, go ahead. Uh, so to me it was it was just like it was weird because it just kept getting written so that Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis would split up for. Not, yeah, they like split just up a few times. Like, oh, go there, do that. I'll go to Yankee Stadium just so I can do this action scene by myself. And yeah, then and that works. They conveniently meet up again. Which yeah, he was, flies out of the pipe, that, and then Samuel the, Jackson just happens. That's to the one part where I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. whatever. It's like, oh, hello, friend. Yeah, that doesn't even bother me to be honest. Really, I, I guess it's just not a satisfying ending. You know? I guess that's what it is. Yeah, it just ends so fast. I I agree, and, and not to give away too much, but they sort of the relationship or their. Uh, the conclusion on their relationship is not even about them. No. It's about Holly. Yeah. Who doesn't even show up. Yeah, and he so, like goes on the phone. 
And, you know, nothing against Holly. I think, you know, she's a important character, but I don't... I Like, these characters have been through something together, and yeah. I want to see them sort of reflect on that. And the same thing with, like, we find out who the villain is. I kind of would have liked something more something personal. More personal. With because him. They just yeah. kind of, like, throw it away once yeah. you find out. Yeah, like, and never comes up again. They, like, set it up, and then... And then once we know that's... There's it. just one line from Jeremy Irons where it's... Yeah. Disregards yeah. everything. And he's good. He's, he's he's good. good. Yeah, he's, he's menacing. Um, yeah, he do, he does the villain job. Yeah, he has I, some cool henchmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that girl with the crazy yeah, she was knife. Cool. Oh gosh, and yeah. they try to have that big Carl ripoff guy who wasn't as good as Carl. <laughs> but oh, that that part where she comes in of the vault with the knife and that like like that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and sort of their ode to. Joy. They they build yeah. they build more of the supporting characters this time, which they didn't do in two. And but this this movie's still much not better, as right? much as one. No, certainly they're not. still just like there's just a lot of big them. brick people. Yeah, and, and we're guys. and we're talking with this tone because it's these problems are really unfortunate. It yeah. really sucks that the movie yeah. has these problems. Yeah, because it is so good. Because if they didn't, I was honestly like halfway through this, I was like. This might be almost as good as the first one. Like, I think it is almost as good. Like, I, I love it. I might actually like the the Zeus John relationship mm-hmm. a little bit more than Al and John. Maybe because of that turbulence. Mm-hmm. Had it had a better conclusion. Yeah, and that's I, just really frustrating. Their chemistry is honestly it's one great. of my favorite because they're examples two, I've ever. They're two very distinct personalities. Mm-hmm. And, but Willis they do it right. They, they don't do it like, ah, worlds collide, yeah, like yeah. some <laughs> sitcom. It feels natural, you know? Overall, really damn good with some really unfortunate problems. Mm-hmm. There's That's, also a great elevator scene that uh, I, I think was the first ever uh, to probably do a group elevator fight. Yep. You yeah. You're welcome, Russo brothers. Yeah, yeah. Get, get out of here, Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> And then Language. didn't even have super kicks. No, no super kicks, and it's it's cooler. Yeah, it's cooler. You know, I, I love my super kicks. That's man. right. So, we have the first Die Hard movie that was a buddy movie. Yep. And now we have the next Die Hard movie, which was also kind of a, do- a buddy movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Live free or die hard. Die Hard Four. <laughs> it came out years later. Yeah, like a while. Twelve years. Twelve years. First bald. Yeah, he's bald he, Bruce Willis. Movie. Yeah, he uh, I mean, he goes bald. he goes throughout uh, the movie, and in movie. each movie, he loses a little more hair until mm-hmm. it's all gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. People have made the joke that as the hair thins, the quality wanes. <laughs> I disagree because three. I mean, I I mean, I don't think this one's bad at all. I, no, I me think neither. I think I think it's like the definition of like dumb fun for me because yeah. it's just like the most insane stunts <laughs> oh, I've ever goodness. seen. He fights there a jet. <laughs> What? Okay. They are out of this world. So let's give so so let's tell everyone what the movie's about. Yeah, yeah. Cyber terrorism. <laughs> they want to they want to shove Die Hard into the the new century. Which you know what? Okay. I think it worked. Yeah. Because yeah, of they, John McClane. Because they got to mix it up. You know, first one, yeah. one, one place. Uh, second one, one place that didn't really work out. Third Slightly one, bigger place. Yeah, yeah. It's just a bunch of bigger places. Mm-hmm. So this movie, another this movie was another one that was based off of something. It was called www3.com, which that was the script based off an article, uh, yeah, yeah. Farewell to Arms. Farewell right? to Arms. Um, and so they turned that into a script, and then they turned the script into a Die Hard script, which was originally going to be called Die Hard Reset. Really? Or, or Die Hard 4.0. Oh, goodness. And I am so glad they didn't go with either of those because 
I think Live Free or Die Hard is a pretty badass title for a movie. Die Hard Reset? Die Hard Reset, yeah. That was going to be the name? That was going to be the name of the movie. And what eventually happened, uh, of all places, comes from the New Hampshire Hampshire license license plate plate saying, Live Free or Die Hard. Or as George (laughs) Carlin would say, Live Free or Die! So this is another good example of John McClane's character. He doesn't jump in as a hero. He doesn't yeah. volunteer. He 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 has a turbulent relationship with his daughter, mm-hmm. which I think is set up actually very poorly. They they really a little bit, yeah. They set up it's that very generic, oh, they have a strange strained relationship so she doesn't call him dad, she calls him John. And she goes by her mom's last her, name. It's Gennaro. Yeah. And it's it's a whole thing and um after that little confrontation, he, John McClane, gets called to go pick up some dude who might be in trouble. And he's like, well, I don't want to do that. Send someone else. So he, he goes to Justin Long's house. Yep. Love me. And Justin saves Long. him from being blown up. And then Just the, in time. And then the movie starts. Yes. The What's action. What's that? <laughs> Just in time. That's no, I great. I like it. I'm going to pretend that was intentional. <laughs> yeah. He, like, he not, has his feet. It was not. So I do that all the time. Um, I don't. I I know what I think of this movie. Sure. What do you guys think of this movie? I don't care for the plot that much. Right. Oh, I the mean, plot like, is nothing. Exactly. Yeah. The plot is gone. Timothy Olyphant. 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 Olyphant is he, terrible. Terrible villain. Terrible. Oh my goodness. Uh, no. His, no uh, charisma. Henchman. Maggie. Well, Q. Yeah. Maggie yeah. Q. She was cool, She's but cool, she didn't add much. Yeah. Um, I I I thought she was kind of. Interesting, like this, like this James Bond sort of like Grace Jonesy, yeah, oh, sort of yeah, villain, yeah, uh, who just love, is love impossibly good at like kung fu and mm-hmm. everything. I was fine with her, honestly. Yeah, I just the plot I don't care about, but I just love all the set pieces and <laughs> crazy action scenes, and I, I, I really like um, Bruce Willis and Justin Long together. I, you would I, think you, it would, you wouldn't think it wouldn't work. Yeah. You would think it like wouldn't. Work I thought it worked pretty well. Yeah, no, it's. This, this, For the most part. This weaselly uh, hacker computer nerd guy somehow isn't irritating. Yeah. Which blows my mind. Well, you know, I think it's because they didn't make him, like, his one trait wasn't, I'm a nerd. Yeah, they, yeah. they gave, he he's kind of, he's he is sarcastic. Like, um, the part, like, the part where they have to get the car started. It's like, oh, my mm-hmm. dad's having a heart attack. His name is Jim Skvorkian or something like that. <laughs> Dvorak. Devoir, yeah, yeah, and it's it's very and like they 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 give the one all pretty much all the Die Hard movies are really good at giving supporting characters character mm-hmm. or personality. Die and, Hard Two, notwithstanding, yeah, <laughs> but it, it, and I think they they made him likable, and I think this movie is it's probably my third favorite of the franchise, it, and um, I say that because I try not to let. Um, this uh, changed my perception of movies, but I watched this um, the other day with commentary, director's commentary, mm. with the director, uh, Len Wiseman, and Bruce Willis, and the editor. Len Wiseman, director of such classics as two Underworld movies, two Underworld. Yeah, and the Total Recall remake. Leave it yeah. to him to make him fight a jet. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> so what I learned from the commentary was that Bruce Willis was heavily involved with this movie in terms of... Um, his character and the general plot. Really cool. And I, I've always Bruce Willis is one of my favorite actors. I love him, but he is known to be tough to work with. 
to say the least. To put it, yeah. And that he kind of doesn't care a lot on, about his career anymore. He doesn't put any <laughs> a- effort into acting unless it's really important. Yeah, like he, that's how you got to beat him, Butch. Yeah, he, he put effort in like Looper and like the big movies, but he didn't like G.I. Joe 2. He didn't put effort into that. <laughs> yeah. He just showed he up. He just sat in the back of a pickup. <laughs> yeah. That's all he did. But in this Ugh. movie... God. He really, he was, he really put so much into this movie. Like he applied his own blood, and he was involved really? with the decisions of um, the action and the sets and all that. And I don't know that just made me re- feel really good about the process huh. that they were trying to make a die-hard movie, not just another action movie. Because the plot, like you guys said, who cares? <laughs> No, it, it, Cyber there's, there's like they're trying to get a fire know. sale. The only cool part that happens with the plot is that kind of mashup of the, all the presidents. They, it's it's the they it's like a video oh. ransom note, and it's actually pretty cool. And I think that's it for the coolness of the bad guys <laughs> plot. Yeah. So we get that, and then we it's just a lot of John McClane yelling mean things at Timothy Olyph- Timothy Oliphant, who just kind of acts as Timothy Oliphant. Yeah stands there and yeah. looks around. I don't know. I actually like I actually kind of liked him the Oliphant as an act like I think he's uh, great and justified. Yeah, I'm sure he's good in that, but, I, but in I've this, never he sucks. seen anything. In this he's really bad. Him. You guys were talking about the action. It's, what do you guys think of before the he fights a jet with mm-hmm. a truck, what do you think of everything before that? So I the elevator shaft is one of the most ludicrous <laughs> I think it's awesome. Uh, uh, yeah. I so the the other the other diehard movies you know he kind of gets out of situations using his skills mm-hmm. kind of this one is just kind of luck a lot yeah. of the time yeah <laughs> like the car flipping over I think yeah. there's something to that though. yeah what like I, what I think there is okay so this I'm somewhat torn uh, on this movie because on one hand I'm like okay this is just sort of a very very standard late two thousands action movie it has it certainly has that aesthetic that mm-hmm. you've seen yeah, a lot yeah. before yeah it's gloomy yeah. it seems blue for some reason it does seem blue yeah. that's I was thinking it's a lot the of exact blue. same thing I think the same thing about uh, T2 oddly enough yeah just one of those especially movies towards where the there's end. a lot of typing in yeah. fact right now come to think of it, it this is very reminiscent of T2 right down to like some of the factory settings yeah there. But I digress. It's it's very standard action movie, but it just happens to have John McClane in it. Which elevates it. Yeah, it's, that's where any sort of nuance might come from. Exactly. And I was thinking about, so what is this character of John McClane? He's mm-hmm. a character just sort of a in a, I haven't read it, but from what I hear, somewhat pulpy sort of airport novel detective movie. I, yeah, that's what it is. And yet he, Bruce Willis has sort of turned this character into something different from what I assumed the book to be. Yeah, well, everything I've read and heard from, like, crew members and directors, he brought a lot of his own personality to the role. Like, the like the kind of the, the, the side smirk and the eyebrow yeah. and the quips. Like, that is Bruce yeah. Willis adding to the role. And a lot of what I said earlier That's about him getting involved with the writing, he will go up to the writers and go, that John wouldn't say that. Hey, no, no, I wouldn't do nothing like that. Exactly, yeah. like... Like, what he brings the nuance, like uh-huh. you say. And so, I'm thinking of, who is this character? Yeah. He's an action hero slash everyman, the prodigious everyman. This franchise has sort of allowed him to be put... Because, like, all of these are based on different source material. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of the most interesting thing. He's sort of this character that can be put into any situation. And because of that empathy we have. Yeah. Because he's the everyman. Yeah. With 
all the all the flaws mm-hmm. and all of the problems that many of us sort of deal with on a day-to-day basis. Maybe not exactly. We're not all New York cops. Mm-hmm. In sort of a broad sense, he is sort of us. And putting him in this new age of cyber terrorism. Yeah, they they, ta- they they call him an analog watch in a digital world. Is sort of a novelty in itself. Yeah. Just seeing how this guy reacts, because it's like you said, he just sort of is there for the ride. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. He has, sort of has no idea what he's doing. And, you know, I think that's kind of the best part of this movie, and actually why I really like it. Yeah. Because he is thrown in, mm-hmm. and there are many times where he can get out. But he gets thrown in again. Yeah, yeah. And they have there's a great conversation that he has in the car with Justin Long. He 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 explains, I'm doing this because nobody else will. There's nobody else to do it. And that's what makes him that guy. That's what makes him the us. Where I think a lot of people kind of connect with that. We haven't talked about Mary Elizabeth Winstead yet. I think she is she might have the best line in the whole movie where <laughs> she kind of gets kidnapped by the bad guys and that kind of motivates John McClane even more. We can't really connect with saving America. That's kind of hard to connect with on an audience <laughs> level. But what we can connect with is the threat of losing someone we love. Sure. And that's where that's why they put her in. And that's what brings and that's what makes John McClane that guy. He's not just trying to save America. That's a byproduct of him saving his daughter. She they really do a good job and I'll talk about the contrast with five, but Lucy McLean feels like John McLean's daughter in this uh-huh. because there's a scene right after she gets kidnapped. She's like, "Hey, let, let, tell your guy to let go of me. We'll see who hurts who." <laughs> and then, so, and then Tim Lee Oliphant, he's trying to scare John McLean. He yeah. says, "Say goodbye to your daughter. Say goodbye to your father." And he puts her on, and she goes, "There are only five left, Dad." Ooh. Holy crap! <laughs> that line that, that gave me chills. Like rewatching it, I I was like, whoa, <laughs> damn. He goes, yeah, I'm coming, and I'm like, yeah. Nice. And it's it's it, it's that 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 is that is the diehard in this franchise. That is what elevates it from the regular action movie. That and that comes from John McClane and his his character affecting other characters, and uh, you know Lucy McClane. Yeah, and how. It's, I don't know, just that, those little lines. John McClane has a lot of badass lines in this movie. <laughs> like, because you're scared of me. It's like, ooh, yeah, he is. Yeah. And it's, it, it just, there's, I really love this movie, actually. And it's probably mostly because, you know, I'm a diehard fanboy. But I think there is merit to this movie. At this point, because I'd never seen any of the sequels before. Right. By this point, I was starting to pick up on this weird narrative going on. I'm putting myself in the place of John McClane. Who are you? You're an everyday guy who three times now has been put in these crazy situations and have beaten the bad guy epically. The many bad guys. Would you not start to get a little arrogant at this point? Or at least think maybe, maybe I am an action hero. Well, but Really though. See, but I think the, the difference though is his personal life. It's because he thinks of himself as just the guy. I have to do it because I yeah. think I think maybe he's not arrogant, but I think he, he does have that. I I'm the only one who can get this done. Arrogant maybe is the wrong word, but sort of this idea of yourself as hell. Maybe I maybe I can be the ultimate badass. I mean, he kind of does that in this. I movie. would think that if 
all this. You know what? And so it makes yeah. sense that it would rub off on his multiple kids. <laughs> and we, we talked about um, some of the stunts could be product of that kind of arrogance where he jumps a car into a helicopter. I love that. I thought it was amazing yeah. because, well, first of all, practical. They actually, they filmed it. They did, did they that. Really? Yeah, that okay. is all practical. And the part where the, the car jumps and the two cars drive next to him, that was also practical. That huh. wasn't CG. And there is so many practical effects Wait, in this where movie. the car comes down and... And lands on the two other cars? Yeah. I, I, well, they obviously weren't in the show. They, they were. They, they, they rigged it. Where the it's all wires. Wait, wow. What are you yeah. saying to me right now? No, they, the the action Bruce is real. In Justin, Justin Long, I'm, I'm, as far I'm pretty almost sure almost got crushed by a car to film. I'm wow. pretty sure that actually, yeah. For 2007, I'm impressed. Yeah. Wow. And they they actually really there there's so much good grounded stuff in this movie, and I think that is what grounds John McClane's character. <laughs> and then at the end, yeah, it gets a little nuts when he oh, um, he's fighting with a truck and a jet, which and then there's explosions. Great, it's fun. That's a little Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah, for me. And then I don't know about you guys, but I really like the final final confrontation. Do I don't know if we want to give it away. I wish it was in any other place than a, a warehouse. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about the specific situation of what he did to, oh, to end yeah, it all. Yeah, and I thought that I don't know that felt like John McClane to me. Like that felt like something he would do. Sure, sure. You know, and I, you know, like what you're saying, like kind of the you know what I can do it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, I think it makes sense. It ain't me. Yeah, it ain't me. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is if you're John McClane. This movie would not work even in the slightest if it I agree. weren't for John McClane. I agree. So mm-hmm. I have troubles. Like I certainly like it. Yeah, I have fun with it. I I don't. I just don't think I love it as much as you guys. And I'll I'll sort of leave it at that. Mm-hmm. It, it's fun. Now I have a question. Um, so this kind of goes back to the the, uh, the roast of, of Bruce uh, Willis. Bruce Willis. So the commercials show him advertising the uh, the show with like the yeah the the thing from uh, the third movie. I haven't seen the commercials. You haven't seen the commercials. No. Well, uh, so Joseph Gordon Levitt's calling him. He's like he's like you were you were you're the biggest action star. You were the biggest... Ever. <laughs> you know, you, you probably shouldn't have done Live Free or Die Hard. That was a bad movie. Is this movie, like, really badly received? Because no, pe- yeah, people don't like this movie. Unlike Die Hard 2, I will defend this movie as a good movie. Sure. Because of those kind of underlying themes. And a lot. it has, like, a 2.9 on Letterboxd. And I think it deserves more. Yeah. I think it should have a favorable rating. Three. Because there there are genuine moments in this movie, like there are downtimes, and he you know John, he gets back on the radio, he's talking to the bad guy again, just like the first movie, and it the director Len Wiseman uh, he, in the commentary he talks about how much he loves the Die Hard series and this John McClane character, and it feels genuine. It doesn't feel like hey we need another Die Hard, let's get a director. Yeah, it feels like, like Die Hard too. Yeah, it feels like they chose this guy for purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a lot of genuine heart and emotion in this movie that I totally bought while there are some stupid stuff. Um, what did you guys think of Kevin Smith? Oh, yeah. No, I forgot. I wrote that down. I just like Kevin Smith, so if he shows up in anything, I'll, mm-hmm. be, I'll be fine with it. He just plays Kevin Smith. Yeah. I'm always fine with I him. I also enjoyed him. It was did a little, you like him, It was Sam? a little distracting, but like... A little bit. It was fine. <laughs> Fun side character. Again, I'm sort of... It's sort of weird how that's not obnoxious. Yeah. You know? A little bit. <laughs> Like just the entire. That's what Kevin Smith. Did. Well, like Great you, idea, you look at the supporting cast of like 
uh, one and three, and maybe even two. A lot of really, you know, world experience. Maybe not necessarily like grizzled, but they've seen some stuff. Yeah, I get the uh, sense. Police officers, law enforcement, uh, figures of authority. Yeah. This movie is, the supporting cast is entirely made up of like new age techies, yeah. I believe is the word. Yeah. And it somehow never comes off as uh, preachy or anything. So I've, I'm impressed by that. And yeah. I'm, I think they made it work. They Putting John McClane in this new age world where like, oh, you, yeah, you could just hack into every computer mm-hmm. in the entire country. And he's just sort of having to deal with that like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. What about that? Well, guess I'll figure it out somehow. It's I like bite them with bullets. Yeah, there you go. It's the only thing I can do. And yeah. you know what? Sometimes it's enough. So, yeah. Well, speaking of not enough, <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys a little story. Sure. The first, the, first, the first Die Hard movie I saw was Live Free or Die Hard in 2007. Oh, really? First one I saw, and the only reason I wanted to see it was because of that. In the trailer, they showed him jumping out of the car and jumping the car (laughs) into the helicopter. So I'm like, that movie looks amazing. I didn't know it was part of a franchise. Uh The second, and I loved it. The second Die Hard movie I saw was Die Hard with a Vengeance. I don't remember why I chose working backwards. I don't know why I chose to see that second. I think maybe it was just on, but I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And then I watched the first Die Hard. And then it blew my mind. And then Die Hard is now my favorite movie of all time. And this is the greatest franchise ever. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw Die Hard 2. And then, you know, that exists. <laughs> so I'm, all, I'm totally excited for this, um, for the next installment. Yippee yeah. Mother Russia. I check the Ready internet every single day of my life until this movie comes out. And then I go to the theater and I see it. And I'm in denial. <laughs> oh, I'm so, so I see it again. And, and then I realize, wait a second. A good day to die hard is a terrible day at the movies. Oh. What do you guys think of this movie? That made me sad. Yeah, so. I was very. I was. Oh my god! I was wow. Experienced my first heartbreak with Die Hard Five. Oh yeah, goodness. yeah. It hurts when you hype yourself up for a movie so much and then you go and see it. Yeah, and it's ride with crap. Yeah. So now we're back. John McClane's back. It's been a few years. His other kids in the movie, Jack McClane. <laughs> That's right. And you know what? I forgot Jai Courtney was in this. Jai Courtney no. plays John McClane Jr. and he's a spy. Mm. What <laughs> does what kind of sense does that make? What happened? So I'll give my very quick thoughts on this God, movie Jay because Courtney. I don't have anything else to say. The I kept asking myself throughout this movie, am I supposed to think their their relationship is drama? Am I like whenever they insult each other, am I supposed to go, ooh, drama? Yeah. Am I supposed to think the bad guy being snarky? Ooh, bad guy humor, awesome. He's cool. Am I supposed to think that this is cool, badass, awesome? Yes, I am supposed to think that. But they did not pull any of that off. Nope. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, they do. I give it credit. They do do some practical stunts with the car chase, and you know, they're the yeah, ending. The, the car opposite. chase is. Like, like kind of the peak of the a, movie. It's a thing that is there, and That's, it's, it's fun. The car it. chase is really the only time, or I guess the car scenes are really the only time where it feels kind of like John McClane. Yeah, like, he's I guess, doing the quips. You know, the, the opening with him and that uh, yeah. taxi driver. That's, yeah. yeah, that's okay. in the news with the I weird mean, singer. Yeah, not the best humor yeah. in the series, but like works, I guess. And this, this is the first movie where I felt Bruce Willis was sleepwalking through the performance I, I he didn't I checked he didn't do the do a commentary on it. <laughs> Whereas he, he cared enough did to he, do it. Did he do the commentary on everything? He did. Movie? He did do enough on four. I don't even know if they did him on the previous ones. Okay. 
I just get a total lack of effort in this movie. And I don't, as far as I know, it's not based off anything. No, it's an original script yeah. written by a gentleman named Skip, Skip Woods. Woods, who wrote uh, several classics such as no, um, no. the live-action Hitman movies. No, no. Uh, All of them? Both of them. No. I don't know how many there are. Yeah, sorry, both. Um, Still bad. Oh, gosh. There's another one. There's another, like, really infamous one that came out recently. I feel like he was somehow involved with um, Indiana Jones 4, but that might be wrong. No, not Indiana Jones 4. Jason, would you look that yeah. up? I know there's something that will be so telling. But, you know, like, this, like you guys were saying earlier about 4, like, John McClane's kind of along for the ride. I think in this movie, he literally is along for the ride. He, like, <laughs> oh. Jai Courtney is leading wow. all of this. Oh, you can <laughs> find it? All right, Swordfish, Hitman, X Men Origins Wolverine, yes, that was the one. A Team, oh god, that was the one. Sabotage and Thursday. I don't know what Thursday is. Thursday, Swordfish, Hitman, Wolverine, A Team. So skip woods. Yeah, not great. (laughs) That's what I'm getting from that. I felt that they just did not try with this movie. Um, I felt no effort put in. Mm -hmm. I felt no no urgency. I felt like they were trying to really push Jai Courtney. Like, are we supposed well, to think yeah, he's so cool? Is, are we supposed is, to like this? This is when Hollywood was really trying to make Jai Courtney a thing, mm-hmm. and he was in everything, and no one wanted it. It's yeah. Like Sam Worthington all over again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's mean, but it just didn't work, him and Bruce Willis. Yeah, you know. they, they had no chemistry. No. Their, their bickering was not funny like three. There was there is no substance in this movie. If he's not the reluctant hero, he's fully like, hey, let's do it. Let's go get the bad guys. He's fully involved. They go to Chernobyl, yeah, without suits, without the the suits. Yeah. Not nothing. There's a Ends stupid twist Chernobyl. with the bad guy. Everything in this movie just screams screw you to everything that Die Hard stands for. Just bad action. Yeah, the action is pretty lame. Like I don't care about anything that happens in this movie. Sam, you take it away. That's all I have to say about this. Okay. This is not a good movie. <laughs> there were oh, yes. moments, though. There were a couple moments where I'm like, they said something. And the way they said it, I was like, you're going for something here. I sensed it. I sensed a somewhat decent movie, actually. Like what? Like- because, okay, it's all in the relation. The, the plot is nothing. The plot is <laughs> gone in this movie. Yeah, it is yeah. absolutely just has no bearing on what happens like I it happens. What happens it's a yeah. plot it's in russia yeah, they're trying to get some file or whatever it doesn't matter yeah. yeah but i look at this relationship they're trying to go for between um john mcclain and his son take take jack courtney out of the equation for a second imagine being john mcclain's son your dad is essentially an action hero like mm. we've discussed with the previous installment by this point, he sort of realizes it and has sort of embraced it. There are multiple scenes in this movie where you can tell he's just sort of like, all right, what kind of badass thing do I have to do next? And I'm like... Jump out of every window. Every yeah, window. Every find, single one. Every single all the window. When he's, when, he's, when he's dangling on that helicopter... Mm-hmm. like He jumped in a window. Into a window. Yeah. I, I kind of like some of the action in this. Just, just to laugh at. Yeah, mostly. I like... You know, I, I've talked about this before. A big fan of action jumps. Yeah. So <laughs> they got a few of them. They got a few action. They jumps got some action falls. Action there falls. I like action falls. Those are all good. Overall, I think action peaks at the 
car scenes. The car chase where he gets in a big mm-hmm. truck and is mm-hmm. driving which is, over which is other cars. Fun. Yeah. It's it's kind of fun. And so I'm sensing this narrative of like, okay, so you're a son and you're trying to live up to the image of your action hero dad. So you decide to become a spy. I can sort of buy that. It's a weird choice. See, but I never got that. I got <laughs> that I got choice. that he hates his dad and he doesn't want to live up to him because his dad's a deadbeat in his eyes. He thinks he was never there. And okay. I never saw the mo- like why is he a spy? I never I never sensed that. It it is a weird choice. And maybe I'm just picking up on something that isn't there. But it's this whole motif of the the prodigious son trying to either you know, live up to his son or uh, uh, live up to his father or somehow continue the legacy, whether he knows he's doing it or not. Now, the problem is that they got effing Jai Courtney to mm-hmm. do this, and it's goddamn terrible. It's just bland, ter- no charisma. He's he, terrible. I, like, had they gotten a better actor, if everything else was exactly no, if the they same, got someone with an ounce of charisma, like, it would have been... Then may it would have been at least marginally better. Mm-hmm. And so I'm and this is all just the way that I watch movies mm-hmm. compared to you guys. Again, just sort of trying to unlock it. I'm like, what were they going for here? And there are moments I can't recall specific ones off the top of my head, but there are lines of dialogue that I think this could have been something and I think they were maybe sort of going for it. I I sensed <laughs> it. See, yeah. what I it's, think they were trying to repeat was the relationship with his daughter in four. But they do it literally the same way where, oh, he calls him John the whole movie because they yeah. have a strand. It's just lazy, crappy writing oh, for attention. Oh, it's absolutely lazy. I never, I don't buy their resolution. I don't care about what Jai Courtney's. Yeah. Um, I don't care about him trying to forgive him or any, I don't care about anything. Mm. And I think the worst part of this Die Hard movie is that they like I, I want John McClane to go back and be on his own. I think the fact that he he has un, for the now there are more Die Hard movies that are buddy movies mm-hmm. than solo, and I think he, the best movie in this franchise he's alone, and you feel that. Huh. And I think getting back to him being alone might, might it might turn the tables more to a more real die like Die Hard is almost a genre in its in and of itself by now. Yeah, and I think. Having him just be alone again, scared and tired yeah, and just beaten. To, they just need to kind of change it. With yeah, each, each one. I mean, like, and they do though. And they, but like adding more characters for him to be buddies with that doesn't make any sense. And yeah, John McClane worked so, alone because that's he he needed to because he had nobody else. The only partner he had was Al on the ground. Sure, yeah. Everybody was against him. Uh-huh. Like even the even the good guys, the cops. They're like, the get, FBI, get yeah. this guy out of there. But in this one, there's no other. There's no other side. No, there's not. And you know? and don't get me wrong, it's a bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out what they were going for here. Because say what you say what you want Ooh. about these movies, they're not all just carbon copies of each other. I cut, cut them some slack. They I do. Who directed this one? John Moore. John Moore, the director of the Omen remake, Ooh. released on Ooh. June six, six, six. six yeah. two thousand six. Oh, I think gosh. that's. You know what? Yeah. Not the worst movie ever. I'll say it. The, the Omen? Omen remake is not the worst really? movie ever. Yeah, it's. I've heard awful things I've seen about it. it. It's sort of watchable. Wow. I'll 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 give cool. it that. But I but I digress. <laughs> um, I hear so many visceral reactions to Die Hard Five, and I and it's not without good cause. I did not have that reaction. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much all it it's is. It's just boring okay. to me. Bad movie. 
doesn't fulfill any sort of promise. Terrible what, whatever Terrible villain. Whatever it might have. Yeah, I really, can't even remember the villain. He just kind yeah. like, points and... I think he, does he dance to music at one point? No, they or try to they, they like, try to make him some creepy, clever, charismatic dude, but it do, it doesn't fly at all. Yeah. yeah, it just it's 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 like wow, somebody wrote that dumbass thing in the script. Uh huh. And it I it just, just it so much of it just doesn't feel right. Has some somewhat watchable action, and you know what? Yeah. It's short. It is short. It is oh. short as hell. It is ninety minutes. <laughs> That's because they wow. didn't have anything else to put in. Yeah. They didn't. Like they were, they were you know scraping what? the bottom of the barrel. Oh, absolutely. But you know what? If you're bad and you're short at that point, it sort of becomes <laughs> yeah. a compliment. Yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's all I got for the Die Hard franchise. I got. I you got. You guys yeah. got anything else? Overall, as a franchise, what do you think? Overall, as a franchise, pretty good. Yeah, really honestly. solid. Really solid. It's, I, uh, two bad movies, but the the good ones are. You know, it has a really great one a pretty great one a sort of okay one a bad one and another bad one yeah <laughs> that's yeah that's exactly how i feel except I'm, i kind of like two a little uh, bit yeah, but fair enough fair enough i mean you know two's fun if, 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 if it's just straight popcorn movie whereas five they kind of take it a little seriously like you like you yeah. like jai courtney's like we have to get this done he doesn't talk like batman but dad yeah yeah oh my god that movie oh jeez <laughs> Oh, yeah, goodness. so uh, I'm glad we finally talked about a series that isn't like a new release. Yeah, coming out. Yeah, uh-huh. so I hope to do that again and go a little bit further into the past someday. But that's for another day. Uh, now, would discussion. you be ready for another Die Hard? Well, they are doing one. Really? Okay. And you know, the, the the thing is, there there are rumors that it's going to have prequel parts in it. Oh like, my! Like I assume it would, would be you, prequel parts, as in like, like Godfather, Godfather two, two, where like get the yeah f out of here. There are rumors <laughs> that it's going to be Die Hard Year One, and that oh I did hear that, and it's going to be and it's going to be like the oh, something no. anniversary of the Nakatomi thing. He goes to Japan, and um, it, it goes things go wrong. But you know what? That honestly sounds not bad. That sounds kind of cool. But it, but I don't want the prequel. I don't want another person playing John McClane. I, don't think it's I do not happen. want a young yeah. John McClane. A young John McClane would be worse what than if, Jai Courtney John McClane. What if have they? Oh, go on. Are you going? Are you going to Joseph Gordon Levitt to do it? <laughs> I'd be down. You know what, Sam? You have just changed my mind. That's right. You're <laughs> goddamn right. Come on, and not skip Woods. You, you know they, what? Have they talked about like? Casting? That's no. That that all of that is speculative. I would okay, love to right. see an entire series of movies where just Joseph Gordon, I, younger plays, versions of like younger Butch, they're great. Together. Yeah, younger. Uh, like, oh, what's another? Like uh, young Butch Coolidge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. How young was Bruce Willis in Die Hard One? He was in his thirties. Yeah, I mean that's that was his first like big movie. Okay, he was a TV star before then. Yeah. So I think we're running out of things to say. Yeah. So, <laughs> so who would you get to direct Die Hard Six? Who do you uh, think could honestly, hold this honestly, I think John McTiernan should come back. I is that would be cool. He was in a little bit of legal trouble. He was in prison for like ten months. Ooh. But do you know why? Uh, something to do with um, I want to say fraud, but I think that's wrong. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I think he that's can come back. Yeah, I think I, I I fact check me on that. I I know there is a reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think. Having him come back would be great. Don't let J.J. Abrams do it. I like J.J. I, I am a fan of J.J. Abrams, but I think yeah. he's too flashy for Die Hard. Yeah, too yeah. flashy. I don't know. Yeah. There aren't many gritty directors anymore. I think it's a matter of tone, and it's also a matter of subject material. Yeah. I would want someone who sort of 
knows how to do an action movie today. Yeah. You know? Like maybe Shane Black? I can but see Shane Black doing it. I like Shane Black. That's, that's kind of like an easy, yeah. an easy guess, though. But I can um, see him doing a good job. Or, you know what? I bring back not... Len Wiseman. I thought Len, Len Wiseman did a fine job with four. That, yeah, that would be interesting. Like, for... This isn't who I'm going to go with, but... Kevin Smith. He made Cop Out. Huh. Yeah, but I, but I, I enjoy... Cop Out's... It's, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Okay. It's not okay. good. But I think Kevin Smith loves Die Hard. He, he talks about it all the time. And I think he knows who John McClane as a character is. I think he could write a good Die Hard movie. I think, I think he could direct a good Die Hard movie. I don't think movie. he could direct it. I think he could write it because he's made some awful, You know, he actually wrote movies. some of four... Really? Yeah, they wow. had they had to rewrite. It was his scenes. He rewrote some of his scenes in four, and Bruce Willis really liked it, and so they um, they went with it. And I think he could. I think he understands the Die Hard verse. I don't think he understands action though, because he, he hasn't really ever made an action movie except for I guess Cop Out and Yoga Hosers, <laughs> which <laughs> that, is one that of the was, worst. That that was campy. Yeah, movies of ever. I've ever seen. You've ever seen. So I, I, I don't know. I don't trust him. Criterion Collection. I disagree. Criterion will probably take it. Anyway, who are you going to say? Well, when I, when I was thinking of action movies for today, I was sort of thinking of, like, who, who this character is at this point. Taking into account four and five. Mm-hmm. What if James Mangold made one? Ooh. Ah, that is a wonderful idea. Yeah. I, because he is good at the downtime, but he is very good at action. Has he ever made something like quippy and, and fun? Oh well, what's you know, it, it would be. A, it might be a good a, choice. It might up end end up being a little dark for Die Hard, but I think if you have a good writer behind be it, if you have yeah. a good writer behind yeah. it, I think he, I think he would understand the change. Uh huh. And the other one I was thinking, and this is totally not the best choice, I'll admit, but I would see it in a second. What if Ryan Coogler made a Die Hard movie? <laughs> he just loves I'd see it. Just what love Ryan I really do, yeah. man. He's one of I, my favorite directors. That could work. Like, I think well, I because think he could you, pull it off. Well, I, th- I think Ryan Coogler is a director who, like, he can do the serious stuff, but he knows when to have fun in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Black Panther, there's a lot of fun in the movie. Uh-huh. And I think that kind of, that's a very good point because we kind of have that we're rooting for the bad guy sometimes in Black Panther. Yeah. We're rooting for Hans in Die Hard. Uh-huh. And the the as great as your villain in, the good guy has to be just a little better. What about Brad Bird? Mm, like you. That could work. That could work as well. That could work. We could go on about yeah, this. I we, think could, yeah. we have our question of the week. Yeah. There we go. Yes, right comments. Who should direct Die Hard 6? And if you feel like it, who should write it? And pitch us a premise. Yeah. Do it. What's Give it, it about? Give it to Bruce Willis. What's it about? Direct it. Bruce Willis I direct. Think, I don't think he's ever directed anything. <laughs> Give it to Jay Baruchel start, start or something. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> golly. So... Do you want to give the uh, where they can contact us? Awesome. Yes, I, w- I will reserve <laughs> hosting privileges. Uh, yes, thank you very much for listening to our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. I know we had a lot of fun. Uh, if you want to comment, send us your pitch for Die Hard 6, whatever it may be. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, comment at johnnegroni.com or email us, podcast all one word, at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at AnyWayCast. I've been sort of I've been slacking on Twitter for the past couple of weeks, so I apologize for that. But uh, I'll make sure to get back on that. Yeah, that's. I think that's about all we got. Again, let us know because it could be anything at this point. The, the <laughs> franchise has proven that it will go to any place. I think I think Bruce Willis wants to stop at six. 
You think so? Yeah. Okay. I don't. And I really, I I just really hope they don't call it Die Hard, Die Hardest. Like that would suck. They're, they're not, they would. Die Hard they, episode. I, I don't six. think they would ever do that. I think they should call it Die Hard Six: Return well, of the Jedi. <laughs> Die Hard Two is called Die Harder. Die Harder. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that's all we got. I'm Anthony. I'm Sam. I'm Jason. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>